What is up? Welcome to this week's Williams and Bloom Sunday podcast here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Of course, we are presented by our friends at Mechdyne and the Mechdyne Corporation. I actually got to go and visit a, a great Iowa company this week, and uh, I went up to Sheffield to check out our um, Sioux Cup manufacturing. Never been up there. And I kept telling those guys the whole time, I'm like, man, I got to get you in touch with my friend Chris Clover at Mechdyne. The, the similarities... Uh, between these two companies and the way they do their business. It's so cool. Uh, it's so cool to, and, and I felt so blessed to have been go through tours and uh, of both of these fine Iowa companies. But I want you guys to go to mechdyne.com today. And I want you to go to the careers tab. And I want you to just look around. Just promise me you'll do this if you're unhappy with whatever it is you are doing uh, in your career. They have all sorts of great opportunities. My friends at MacDyne are constantly looking for great Iowa Staters to come and work for them. They, I'm, I'm reading it right now from MacDyne.com. A quote, it says, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I love that. That's fantastic. Go check them out at MacDyne.com. I want you to learn more about their company. And again, if over this last year during this pandemic, you're like, man, I'm looking for a change this is a great opportunity to go and check out MacDyne.com up there located in Marshalltown. All right. With that, I want to bring in Brent Bloom. Uh, it's been a wild weekend, a busy weekend for Iowa State basketball. We are going to analyze everything after we hear Chris English, our friend Chris English. His band English taking us into this week's Williams and Bloom. No longer the quarantine podcast. <laughs> Good to have Bloom back this week. It's been a it's been a long week at the Bloom House. Uh, Stansbury, I thought filled in pretty well last week. I thought he did. I thought he did well. How are you, Bloom? Hanging in there, my friend. Yes, good to be back on the grid, so to speak. You are on Zoom. Just full disclosure. Yes. We can't do the uh, typical cheers of the Cody Road. Although I'm I'm putting my glass up in the air for you right now. Thank you. Yeah, I will do the same. No, uh, we, we got all the way through in the bloom house. We thought we were almost through COVID and then last second COVID struck the bloom house, but everybody's, everybody's doing well. Uh, we got vaccinated literally four days before my wife tested positive. I felt so uh, bad for for you guys. Like that's just terrible luck. You know, that is just, it's just awful. And it just shows though, I mean, for those, uh, the first vaccine, the first dose you get isn't necessarily uh, immunity right away. It takes time. And so, you know, just bad luck, but you know, we're through the end of it or through the worst of it now. And now we see the light at the end of the tunnel. So everyone's doing fine. Um, and the kids will go back to daycare this week, but yeah, not, not enjoyable experience when you're the healthy one and you're chasing around two little ones, uh, while still trying to work and do everything. So kudos and thanks to Jared for filling in. It was a, a long weekend last weekend, but things are yeah. things are trending up. So you don't. Well, we're glad everybody's feeling better. And, um, well, I don't know how you're not feeling great after this weekend for Iowa State basketball. That helps. <laughs> Let's start right there. You know, I kept trying to explain to our premium subscribers over the last couple of weeks that you, it's really difficult to just slap a staff together and then, uh, you know, 
within five days, just start bringing in, you know, super high level guys. Uh, the Otzelberger staff, uh, a lot of work been going into Tyrese Hunter specifically. He recommits this weekend. Uh, we thought Caleb Grill would be coming back to Iowa State for a while now. He commits. And then uh, this was not a surprise, again, to our premium subscribers, but a guy who hadn't been talked about as much, who I think will have as big of impact as anybody next year, Gabe Kalsher uh, from Minnesota, the three-year starter. He's a really interesting prospect that I think we need to hash out today. There's some pros and cons here, and we'll get into that. But Bloom, the first and foremost, it's Tyrese Hunter. Um, I know for a fact that the Otzelberger staff made him their top priority from day one. They see him along with um, Xavier Foster as the cornerstones of how they're going to build, rebuild, this Iowa State basketball program. I think ironically, too, two guys that Steve Prohm initially brought in. So there's some synergy with the staffs right there. Clearly, Daniel Robinson crossing over between the two staffs. Micah Byers as well, as he was able to recruit early on before they had filled out their staff. Um, that that was that was big because if you don't keep Hunter, really the foundation, uh, the building block of how you're trying to build this program, you have to go back to um step number one whatever that would have yes. been uh so this was huge this was big time you have your point guard and you build from there huge it, it, they're just it's just hard to find guys like him and not that you can find uh role players easily but they're you know they're easier to find even a guy like gabe Kalsher's easier to find than tyree center because here's a top 50 point guard with chris he's a he's an elite athlete i mean there are good athletes in college basketball He's elite. I mean, he really, I think when you look at his stuff, he's not a big guy. It's like 6'1", 170, jump shot's okay. But you're, you're talking about a Lindell Wigginton type athlete, just flat out athleticism, jumping ability. Um, this guy has high, high-end talent. And you just can't find like, you need, you need guys like that in the Big 12, but they're very difficult to find. And so the fact that TJ from his opening press conference singled out Tyrese and knew his whole story almost right away. And, you know, I don't know if that was good coaching in this press conference or not. Uh, I assume Tyrese is watching that, but he knew right away, you know, how important Tyrese was to this foundation and to get him. That's, um, that's the bedrock. That's the foundation of this whole thing. And now you compare Tyrese uh, with a very talented big guy that we know Foster is. And then those two centerpieces to build around, it just makes things a lot easier. You saw last year, when you don't have a point guard in college basketball, it's a nightmare uh, night in and night out. I mean, you can have really good guard play yeah. at the two spot, but if you don't have a lead guard, a ball dominant guard that can get everybody else involved, it just makes it really difficult. I, I think, you know, if someone asked me, is Tyrese an NBA guy? I don't think he is after year one, but he has that high end athleticism that you need to compete at the highest level. And I'm really excited to watch him in the Cardinal and gold. And um, man, it was the, it was part of a really, really good weekend. Yeah, it's it starts right there. Um, Gabe Kalsher was the the second guy. Well, he was the first one to to make the commitment. That would have been on 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 Saturday morning. Really interesting prospect when you look at his stats. A lot of people are, are rightfully pointing out how his um, shooting percentage dropped in all three years. We'll get to that. Let's start with the good. Uh, really, a premier defender on the perimeter. Um, th this word, these words get tossed around 
probably too much, but a really strong culture guy. Uh, there was a connection here between Gabe's family and uh, Kyle Green, uh, the associate. I, actually, I don't. Is he the associate head coach? I don't even know if they gave titles like that. I know TJ's big thing right now is we all recruit the same players. We are all on the same page. Like he is. It's very Matt Campbellish the way he's approaching all this. So I don't. I don't know if Kyle's actually that title or not. But regardless, he had a lot of connections with this family. It might take away Bloom. Again, the biggest positive from this, well, you get the experienced, defensive-minded um, perimeter guy, but you also beat out the new Minnesota staff and right. Wisconsin in a recruiting battle, um, which I think is significant. This is kind of, um, I don't know, throwing a stake in the ground, if you will, for this new Iowa State staff. It's going to be Minnesota, Wisconsin, Marquette. Get used to it. Going to battle. And some, in, some of the Iowa as well I, the, for the yeah. in-state kids. Yeah. Um, and that's big. And the fact that you got him from Minnesota, and Gabe is really well-liked up there. I mean, he's from De La Salle, which is you know a big-time program up in the cities. And Iowa State, even during the Fred era, just did not recruit the cities well. I mean, they had Royce transfer. But so to get that stake in the ground is, is the exact way to say it because not only do you get a really good player who was offered as a transfer by, I think somebody said half the Big Ten, half the ACC, uh, most of the Big 12. Like he was not only, you know, he's a good player, he's a star in the Big Ten, but everybody wanted it. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, I saw some transfer rankings uh, when he announced that he was going to the portal. He's a top 20 transfer. I mean, I think. I think we get the misconception now because of Iowa State's history that there are these just instant starters everywhere in the transfer portal you can get them. And there's not. There's not that no. many. So no. to get a guy like him is is really, really good. And he and, but he also he fits into that umbrella of what did TJ say they want to suffocate the region? Yes. And so now you think you've got Tyrese from Milwaukee, you get Gabe from Minnesota. And you're starting to now get outreach up into Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. I mean, these are the areas you want to hit. And TJ has been true to his word. This is the areas to focus on. The staff is assembled that way. And you've seen it pay dividends already. I would throw um, Caleb Grill into that conversation, a Kansas guy. I mean, I know right. that their connection, but when you look at this roster, Robert Jones, uh, the transfer we talked about last week from Denver, he's a Minnesota guy. So yep. they, they've brought in five guys this new staff has. Four of the five would be from what I would call Midwestern guys. <laughs> the other one, Al Jazz, is from, um, what, Siberia or Slovenia? Slo- Slovenia. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little bit out there. But uh, other than that, like, yeah, they, they're staying true to it. And, um, you, you know, you start lo- – I mean, Xavier Foster. Like, there's a lot of these guys on their – very, it did not take long to kind of reshape this roster in that way. No question. I mean, I think if you're going to look at the future of Iowa State basketball, you can dip into all areas of yeah, the world they I mean, will. If, if you have relationships. They have relationships but, in California and the East Coast that they'll use too. Yeah, but it makes sense that the majority of your guys should be in this five-state region because there's some really, really good players, and, and you can succeed in this way. And, you know, Coucher's from a big-time AAU program, and all these AAU programs know each other. I mean, think of all the upper Midwest AAU scene. I mean, you're, you know, Howard Pulley, Minnesota D1, and the Iowa ones, Attack and Kingdom, and, and uh, Martin Brothers. These guys all know each other. 
And so it makes sense if you're recruiting to this area to recruit these AAU programs. And that's, that's where the bread's going to be buttered. Uh, it's good to have Bloom back. Caleb Grill, uh, a guy who I've always been a big fan of. <laughs> Cue the fire up the grill jokes. Of you, course. you had the, uh, <laughs> yeah, you had the, the gift ready to go right off the top. I so gotta give, known something. I gotta give Stansbury credit for that. He, He's the one. He was the mastermind behind the, <laughs> the Photoshop of Otz's head. I so here's how I view Caleb Grill. I've always kind of comp- the the comparison of, to Matt Thomas has always been there because Caleb was always a Matt Thomas fan growing up. I think he's more of like a Nas Mitru Long is the type of. Now I'm not saying he'll get there. Um, I'm saying so. Caleb's coming in now for his junior season. And I, I look at Caleb as a really solid sixth, seventh man off the bench. He has the um, potential to be an elite shooter. He's We haven't quite seen that yet, but it, again, keyword potential. Uh, cares about the defensive end. And he's a developmental guy who you know can bring you minutes off the bench. Matt was never that. Matt was brought in to be a starter from day one. Uh, a little more of a you know, NBA type body Matt had from day one, et cetera. Regardless, um, forget about all that. Um, the only reason I said that is because a lot of people are debating Caleb Grill and if he's a big 12 type of player. And I would say, yes, he is a big 12 player. Is he a big 12 starter? Probably not on a great team, but I do think Brent, he can keep developing into one. And that's the key. Um, again, you throw the culture word around. Caleb is one of the harder working guys we've seen come through Iowa State in the past five years. So I like getting him back. He wants to be at Iowa State. Obviously, he's very loyal to TJ. But this, again, kind of – this one makes a lot of sense to me. Not every person that you bring in is going to be a starter from day one. Caleb's going to fill a lot of those minutes off the bench, and he'll be a great guy, you know, in practice, off the floor, all of that stuff. 100%. I mean, I think as fans, we get caught up into, oh, I see this guy for a couple games as a freshman, and then you just pigeonhole, and that's, oh, that's who they're always going to be. Um, college basketball, really, for your good programs, and I think Iowa State fans know this because this has happened to Iowa State, but also they've kind of fell out of this a little bit. It's a developmental game. Yeah, uh, and and Iowa State has had has just not had a lot of guys stay stick around for three or four years in the last five years since you know those transcending guys left, and so you think of Caleb and you remember what he was as a freshman. Where there was times where he did not belong, but he was only a freshman and he didn't play. He didn't dedicate a lot of time just to basketball. But if you watched him at UNLV, Chris, and I know you did, Watch he was line. more than capable. I mean, the guy had twenty seven against Alabama, made what eight threes in a game. He, he shot a better percentage as a sophomore at UNLV than Matt Thomas did as a sophomore at Iowa State. Now, Matt just had a big-time jump from sophomore to junior year. He went from 34% from three up to like 43%. I don't envision Caleb doing that. Uh, number one, the line moved back, by the way, too, uh, which doesn't help here. But I still think Caleb has all the ability. He's a Big 12 caliber athlete. There's no question about that. He could maybe be a little bit better on the defensive end but he can rebound at a good rate. And he is absolutely our sixth or seventh guy in the big 12 for anybody. Iowa state included. Is he ever going to be a guy that averaged 15 points a game like Matt did or Naz did? I don't know. I mean, give him a couple years, but um, this absolutely is a take and a good one at that. 
And I, I'm, I'm uh, excited to see Caleb again at Iowa State. Yeah, and, and people were disappointed to, le- to let Caleb go last year, right? And then he's better now. You know, that I, I, in fact, I would argue that they had him doing too much at Vegas last Correct. year. I, and I think TJ would probably agree with me that he, you know, he averaged like 33 minutes a game well, last year. That really wasn't his game, uh, but he stepped in to do what the team needed him to. Well, look at a guy like uh, Austin Reeves for Oklahoma. Okay. I mean, guy played at Wichita for a couple of years, put up okay numbers. And then comes to Oklahoma as a seasoned player. He's 21, 22, 23 years old, and then becomes an all-conference first-teamer. I don't envision Caleb's ever going to be a first-team All-Big 12. But again, in college basketball, we talk about it all the time. In order to compete at the highest levels, you either have to be uber McDonald's All-American, Tyrese Hunter, talented, level good, or you got to be old. And the mix of them both is in, in Caleb he's going to be best when he's older. And I think there's no question by the time next year, he's definitely, you know, a borderline seven to 10 point a game guy. And then he's got then, I mean, I don't even know what, how many years of eligibility he has because it's really a free year. He would have, but three. he's got three years, right? Yeah. He'll Technically. Have three if I mean, he wants to play so he, yeah. he's got, he's got time to develop. And uh, again, great culture guy, a uh, good in the classroom, smart kid, and just checks a lot of good boxes. And I think he can absolutely play. And when you have 13 scholarships, uh, you can do much worse than Caleb Grill. Uh, speaking of just years, real quick to clarify, if somebody didn't know, Kalsher uh, has two years. They're planning on having him for two years, which is huge. And I, I think uh, let's talk about Gabe a little bit here, right? Because it's interesting when you look at his numbers. Yeah, yeah we never from, got into that. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, what do you think there? He goes from 41% from three as a freshman. And he scored 24 points, six threes, I think, in an NCAA tournament win over Louisville down here in Des Moines. I don't know if people remember going to that game. Gabe, Gabe stood out. I mean, he was the best player on the floor in that win over Louisville in the NCAA tournament. Last year's percentages dropped to, I think, or excuse me, two years ago, they dropped down to like 35. And then last year was down around 24, which is a strange trend because he's always thought of as this knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Well, uh, two years ago, the line moved back and you saw across college basketball percentages dropped by about two to 3% across the board. And then he said himself to Jared and what I thought was a great interview on fanatic where he just needs to get his confidence back. He lost some confidence a year ago, but he thinks that TJ and the assistant coach's belief in him will help get him that confidence back. And I think getting him out of the spotlight of being a hometown kid in Minneapolis will help as well. And I don't think there's any reason to think Gabe can't get back to 35% from three. And um, that will absolutely help Iowa State. And he's a big-time athlete. You know, he's not just a three-point shooter. He can handle a little bit, handle it a little bit as well. And then a uh, really good defender. So Gabe is an instant starter. I think he comes in, starts right away. Uh, he's better, in my opinion, than Caleb Grill is right now. And um, certainly has the ability next year to come in you know, maybe not the jump that Shayok had at Iowa State when he transferred in, but I think Gabe can be, with what Iowa State has coming back, a 15-point-a-game guy. I want to talk to you about Robert Jones, that take last week, and then what I think is shaping up to be a just a really interesting um, way to look at the next season and why I think it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I feel like the tone has changed greatly over the last week. But before we do that, I want to thank our friend Jeff Wood at Gravitate Coworking. Uh, check them out at gravitatecoworking.com. All of their um, the great um, options that they have for your co-working needs. Uh, actually talked to Jeff this week, Bloom. He's going to be going with us to the um, uh, Vegas trip. The, the bull trip. Nice. Well, not, not the bull trip, but you know what I mean. It feels yeah, like a bull. Got you. It feels like a bull game. Yeah, he's going to be uh, coming on the Cyclone Fanatic Charter uh, with Cyclone Liquors to uh, Las Vegas. But Jeff did clear something up. So they the they opened the, spy, the space in Cedar Falls. If you're one of our listeners on the eastern side of the state, it's called Mill Race by Gravitate Coworking. Um, that's that's what the name of it is. It's really a, a cool joint. Mill Race by Gravitate Coworking. That is now up and running on the eastern side of the state. Again, downtown, midtown Des Moines, and their locations in Jefferson. If you go to GravitateCoworking.com, you can learn all about the great products that they have today. Uh, also, I want to thank our spring football sponsors, A-Plus Lawn and Landscape. We had a guy reach out to us last week. He heard me talking about the Sharp and Lube program, and he uh, called uh, He called up A-Plus Lawn and Landscape and got his scheduled for this week. Um, they serve uh, – I'm looking at the areas that they serve, and literally it's the entire I – mean, we got everywhere from Adel to – Polk City. I mean, everywhere. They're all over the place. I'm here in Bondurant. They serve me. Bloom, I know you've had them come and do a few things to your house yep. before. Uh, check them out at aplusLawn.com. Uh, I use them for lawn treatments year-round. They, uh, you know, they just know better than me, and I don't want to screw anything up, putting the wrong thing on at the wrong time. They do a phenomenal job. aplusLawn.com. And I also... Last but certainly not least, encourage you all to go and get those physicals. Go to the Iowa Clinic, iowaclinic.com, and the Iowa Clinic Men's Center. I'm going to do a checkup with Dr. Nicholson this week, and uh, I've been doing that. Really, this Iowa Clinic deal has been a good thing for me because I I feel like I can't just come on here and tell you all to go to the doctor and not do it myself. So I've been um, getting my annual physicals. I do it personally every August because that's like the start of my year is how I, I kind of go off of the Iowa State athletic season. I know like January is the – but that's like the middle of the year. Do you do, you do that, Bloom? Is that how your you know, like calendars I, I, fit together? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily do appointments that way, but I, I do. It's, it's interesting. I mean, but yeah, right when, when August 1 hits, it's it's like, okay, now it's go time. That's the busy season. So uh, yeah. for, for both, you know, football-wise and then my day job as well, summer's kind of the relaxed time, so – that's a good way to look at it. In fact, they, they helped me out quite a bit. So they've got rapid testing and uh, the PCR testing at the Iowa clinic. And so you can actually go to urgent care and get a test and have a result within 20 minutes there oh, as well. So. Well, that's, that's great. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. Luckily I haven't yep. had to have a COVID test in a really long time. Uh, but they, it's pretty efficient process. They had it down to a science, which luckily I tested negative a couple of times through the rapid test, but it was nice. That's nice. Piece so you of never mind. got it then. Like you never did. That's really crazy, but good for you. I don't, I don't know how. Yes. You're not going to have like horns growing out of your head in 30 years or something <laughs> like the rest of us Rona survivors. Well, I did get the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, <laughs> iowaclinic.com. Uh, they're great supporters of what we do. We appreciate them. And uh, shout out to 
All you men out there, be a man. Go to the doctor. All right, we got our bills paid. Let's go back to this Iowa State basketball conversation. Well, what did you think of the take of Robert Jones, the six foot ten big man out of Denver last week? We never got your opinion on that. You were gone. Yeah, it's again hard to find that guys that tall that play hard. And Robert's numbers aren't great. Um, you know, it's just from just pure points and rebounds, but percentages are okay. And he can absolutely be a player you bring in, you know, play him 10 to 15 minutes, let him play hard. And again, you've got 13 scholarships, right? Like you're not getting just instant power five, all conference players right away after you just went two and 22. And so I think Robert is a Minnesota kid that's going to play hard, good, good academics, good culture person. And so he absolutely fits a need. Um, not all needs are the biggest needs, but he can come in, push George Condit, push Xavier Foster. This is what it takes to work hard and be a power five basketball player. And, and then just go there and defend rebound and, and, and run the floor. I mean, look at, look at the Baylor bigs, look at Flo Thamba and Jonathan Chachua. I don't think Jones is on their level. But those guys just came in, they run the floor, they dunk, and they defend. And, they and bodies, then they rebound. You know? Yeah, yeah I mean, they just – the, the big man position anymore, unless you get a super dynamic guy like Foster, who's very unique, you just need a guy to come in there and play that dunker spot, sit in the short corner, dunk the ball, catch lobs, and then rebound. I mean, let your guards and your wings – and I, I'm hopeful now, I would say, setting the table. Those are the, That's the two biggest areas, and Chris, in my opinion, going forward – is you need now two dynamic guys, right? Like you have built this nice foundation around with some role players and guys that can do their thing, but you're still missing your two dynamic guys, guys that'll go get you baskets, guys that are those wings, those guards that can handle it, shoot it and, and get you points. And I think now you've go, you, you set this foundation up Jones included where now you can start swinging and trying to get some of these big timers um, and, and hopefully they've, they've, they're zeroing in on a couple of them. Well, but I'll, I'll talk again, about it real quick. I, I wrote about he, it last night. Um, yep. Go ahead, finish your thought, and then I'll No, but, I th- but, it, but you need those guys around them, so that way, I mean, again, complementary pieces, so the big-time pieces are then able to do what they need to do. Keep an eye. Uh, here are the two. Uh, there's two scholarships left for Iowa State, uh, really zeroing in on Cameron Fletcher, the Kentucky transfer, and then uh, Tristan – I'm, I'm on, uh, Inaruna. 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 Yep. Tristan Inaruna from Kansas. A uh, couple of top 75, top 50 guys out of high school. Didn't play a lot last year uh, for multiple reasons. But those are the type of guys you're talking about. And those are exactly. high, high talent. Um, r- frankly, a talent level Iowa State doesn't get often. Um, if, if they can pull w- even one of those two off, I think it's a – Home run. If you can pull both of them off, um, buckle up. It gets right. That'd be incredible. If you get both of them, one would be fantastic and a great start because these, these are, those two are exactly the, that dynamic wing guys that you need in college basketball. You need multiple of them. Um, you can get, you can get by with a couple of role players, but if you want to be dynamic, I mean, I'm going to go back to Baylor. Uh, you need a Butler, you need a Teague, you need a Mitchell, guys that can get you a basket. Guys that also will defend on the other end, and Fletcher and Inaruna are both huge, huge athletes that can shoot a little bit, but also defend, rebound, and and do everything. So 
man, if these are the guys that Iowa State's going to be involved in going forward, um, I'm pretty excited because those are two big time talents. Again, opportunity not great because they're at Kentucky and Kansas with some obviously bunch of other McDonald's All Americans, but those two can play and play at a high level. So my my take, and then I do want to do it just a smidge of football before uh, we wrap things up today, is let's just say the Fletcher and Inaruna like just throw them. Forget we had that conversation. Even if you were sure. going to battle with the group you have right now, I I think it's fun just because I know how they're looking at this. Where it's like the focal point here, we want to build around Hunter and Foster. Yep, that's fun though. Like for for fans, I wish that they we've talked about this a lot last year. I wish they would have done that more last year. Like I would have said, let Jaden Walker play. Um, obviously Foster got hurt and that sucked, you know, that took a lot away from the intrigue in last season, watching him develop. But I just found myself wanting to see the young guys play more. And I, I mean, it, I think it's setting up right now where that's really going to be the case. And it's just let the, there's not going to be any expectations. This team is going to be picked eighth or ninth in the league. Um, yeah. I think Tech's doing its damnedest to get picked tenth. Uh, well, well Oklahoma's lost a bunch too. So I don't think I think it's actually this. The offseason has worked out pretty well as far as Iowa State is concerned, in my opinion, based on the hires. Yeah, well, we can we'll get into that maybe but next week. Yeah, you, you see my point though. On I do. Next year, like the way that the roster is being set up, it's going to be fun. I don't think it's a tournament team. Not not trying to give that type of um, expectations out there, but it's going to be a fun group to watch. And, and again, like I think that Iowa State fans can appreciate, all right, let's let our young stud point guard and our young stretch four go at it. And then there's all these pieces around them. I think Condit, I'm a, you know, I, I've always been a big fan of that that guy. And I think that he, the way he ended last year, from what I understand, he really struggled during that COVID break, and, and I can relate to it. You know, like I I didn't do much. You know, I'm <laughs> right. like I got fat. You know, George is still a good-looking guy. But my point is it took him a while to get back into game shape. And when he did, he played really well at the end of last year. I think a new voice getting in his face every day is probably a good thing. I could see him having a big season next year. You put all these pieces around. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Again, how it'll be fun to see. I want to see Jaden Walker improve, right? Like what is yep. even with the old staff? I think he. I I was always a believer in him. He he kind of had that look to me. Like that's a guy. I, I I compare him to Deontay Garrett. He's not as good of a shooter. Let's see if he can develop that aspect of his game. Uh, but this is a. Um, I don't know. The tone has changed greatly in the last week. I'll put it that way. No, it has. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. Where Iowa State got stuck last year, it was, a, it was a bad spot for everybody because Prom knew he had to win. And so you couldn't you couldn't just throw Foster out there. I mean, you, you, because he wasn't ready, and then he got hurt. Yes. And he was sick. I mean, there was a multitude of reasons why you couldn't put him out there. Where I think there's some freedom in this year, obviously the goal is still make the postseason in some capacity, but you have some leeway with what you can build around I look at this upcoming year a lot like Campbell's first year on the football field where you're able to play 
uh, David Montgomery and Kanena Wongu and Deshante Jones and get those guys a lot of reps. And it was ugly early, but by the time November rolled around, you could start to see the pieces and go, oh my gosh, this Montgomery guy is pretty special. We've got something here. And so I think when you look at the way this Iowa State roster sets up, Hunter's going to take some knocks. It's really hard to be in a freshman guard in the Big 12. There's no question, but his high-end potential is so good that uh, he'll get better and he'll be fine. And uh, he'll definitely, by the time he's a sophomore, and even if he's around for his junior year, that's when you start to look at competing for uh, the Big 12 and for an NCAA tournament. And same with Foster. You know the high-end potential is there. And so there's an identity moving forward, and that's something that Jared talked about, uh, I thought, expertly last year, was I obviously never really had an identity. And now you have one. It's, it's Hunter, it's Foster, it's finding another dynamic wing, it's, and then you're, you're playing up-tempo, but also defending with length and uh, rebounding the ball. I mean, it's pretty simple at the end of the day. Basketball is not a complicated game, but you need the pieces. And Hunter especially is the bedrock that allows you to build all these things around. And then if you get Foster to play hard and you get conned at another level, clock's ticking for that guy. Uh, I definitely think this team can win some games. I'm not putting the NCAA tournament on them. I'm not going to put the NIT on them at this rate, but you'll start to have a fun team to game plan around. And you start looking in Chris at the class of 22 and 23. There's some big time talent, not only in the state of Iowa, but the upper Midwest. That's where you start to turn this thing around. And when you look at what the other big 12 programs are going through, I think Iowa state is actually going to catch us at a really good time. And uh, TJ, this was a big, this will be kind of one of those weeks where not like Campbell, when you got, Deshante Jones, David Montgomery, and you know the yeah. the Bailey brothers. Yep. I think this is one one of those weeks where you look back and go, okay, that was a big recruiting weekend that just changed the fortunes enough to show us a little bit of a glimmer of what this identity looks like. You still got to play the games, you still got to coach the games, but I think you got to have the talent first and foremost. And this is why. I'm excited because I think the talent is starting. The pipelines are opening up. All right. A couple of Big 12 notes real quick. Mac McClung has announced that he's leaving Texas Tech. He's going into the portal. I think it's one of those deals where he'll declare for the draft but then transfer after it and probably not go. And I, same with Kyler Edwards. He oh, okay. He's portaling too. Yep. I – Man, like that's that hire's not it's just not gonna work. I mean, it might yeah. work in the short term down there, but it's just Mark right. Adams is a good, brilliant guy, but he's 66 and he hasn't recruited at this level. I wouldn't call him exactly a player's coach. So I, how, I, I think things in Lubbock are gonna get get, how get does, weird quickly. How does Kirby Hocut pay Chris Beard five billion a year, have that press conference, and then hire Mark Adams? How how do you do that? Like honestly, yeah. like I mean uh, this isn't, I'm with you. This one won't work. I'll eat crow if it does, but they are looking quickly like they could be at the bottom of the big 12 next year after the beard era. I wouldn't be surprised at this rate. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, obviously you guys probably talked about Mosier a little bit last weekend. They've, they've had a bunch of guys leave. They've got a couple people returning, but I don't think the big 12 is as daunting as it was when TJ was hired. I don't either, and this is what we kind of discussed like three weeks ago. Like, I want as many of these jobs to come open as possible. I want as much chaos in this league as you can possibly get. And it it, it does certainly look like it was smart of Pollard to get that hire done as soon as possible, just based off of the, you know, took a couple weeks to really get the ball rolling. Uh, there's still a lot of guys in the portal. It's got to be a long off season, so 
Uh, it's hard to be too definitive about anything sure. as far as the league goes, but I do, I'm do. i with you, Bloom. I like the way that this is shaping up for Iowa State to potentially – you know, I this roster the way it is right now is not compete for a Big 12 championship right type roster. The goal would be, you know, get into that probably third tier. Uh, if you put it into four tiers, you're going to have your elites, you're going to have your – Tournament teams, tournament teams. You're going to have your bubble teams, bubble and teams. Yeah, you're going to have the bottom of the league. So you want to get to that bubble tier as pop as fast as possible because it doesn't take much. I mean, if you finish seventh in the Big Twelve, you're generally a bubble team, right? I mean, Correct. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And and so I think a couple things here. The the schedule, you'll be able to get some wins. And I I think you know Micah does the scheduling. That's the other thing that was so difficult last year. I would say couldn't even schedule easy wins. And clearly the two wins is the result, but you'll get some of those non-conference layups and you'll schedule accordingly. So you can have some momentum with a young roster heading into big 12 play. And then let's say Chris, you go eight and 10 or something. Maybe you'll get on the bubble. Um, you know, K-State's going to be down again. They've got some young pieces, but they're nowhere near there. And, um, you know, Baylor loses a lot. So hey, I don't think you're going to make the tournament, but getting that bubble conversation and who knows there's enough pieces here that if everything goes like perfectly, you could be in that conversation and definitely you should be. I'm not going to put a whole lot of pressure on here, but I think year two of TJ with the way the roster could, and so many things will change, Yeah, but that's that you, that's what you have to target is, you know, with Kalsher's second year, you know, Hunter as a sophomore, uh, Foster as a junior, I mean, that's where you start starting to bang on the door of the NCAA tournament in year number two. And you'll see what they bring in in 2022. I have reason to believe right. that's going to be a really strong class right now, the way kind of the under the undertones are shaping up. I think that could be a really special class. And really, I mean, you know, this weekend was big and everything. The 2022 class will be the foundation, the biggest part of, yeah. like, how this thing's going to play out. I mean, yep. it, No question you'll have time to really look at that class and target who you want. And then, um, you know, this was the scramble class, but the next class is kind of the intentional. Okay. What, what is our pipeline? What do our pipelines look like? Where do we want to be? And who are those first guys? You're uh, like, like Fred got with uh, Niang and Edgem. I mean, th- these, those three or four or five year guys are the ones that you'll really sustain the program with. Um, last but not least for me today. So I've, I've been working this weekend on, I write the Iowa state and some big 12 stuff for the Athlon, uh, magazines and holy crap. Like I, I guess I failed to recognize exactly how loaded Iowa state is this year. This is the easiest magazine piece I've ever written. Like normally you're like, scrambling, yeah. like, Oh, I mean the too deep is, it just like takes care of itself. <laughs> I, this is uh, not like I'm not earth shattering news here, but like no. it, was, it was crazy to me when I was putting this together. Like, oh man, like it's just so different than every other year. Even last year, like I was like, oh well, there's questions here. The offensive line, you know, can can Breeze take that next? No, like the offensive line, it's like I'm having to like figure out which guys I want to leave off of the two D, right? And the D line, yeah. like, is the same way. It's like, oh, Zach Peterson is he really not going to be a starter? Like. You know, it's crazy. I saw uh, Matt Hinton, I think his name is of SB nations, one of the college football guys. He tweeted this week. He's like, Oh my gosh, I just looked at the Iowa state roster for the first time. Can I get on the bandwagon now? And then his follow up tweet was they basically just lost Jaquan Bailey and that was it. Yeah. 
And it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, that, yep. so part of the deal that I have to do is you have to fill out like top three returners and top three key losses. Well, like the returners are actually, it's actually rather difficult. You have to leave out Charlie Kohler, which is wild because it's yeah. Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, and Mike Rose. It's like you have to. Those are the three. But like yep. maybe, maybe the best tight end in school history is not going to be on that list. And the key losses, I haven't even done the third yet, but it's like, okay, Bailey, Nwangu? Yeah, Lawrence White? Yeah. But, like, Probably. Nwangu, like, it didn't even, like, but he was so good on special teams. But, like, my point being, like, I don't know, like, it, we follow this really closely, but I also think the, the Hinton tweet that you reference is rather accurate because, like, I, I hadn't really thought about football – since we closed the door on the Fiesta Bowl, and I started working, I, by the way, all I've done this weekend is wipe Elise's butt, rock Elise to sleep, <laughs> and write about or cover Iowa State basketball and football. Like I've barely even slept. Like th- this is my wife's been working all weekend, so I've just been in one hundred percent scramble mode. But yeah, like I don't know, it was just very telling to me when I kind of put everything onto paper for the first time. I, you know. It'll be interesting as the publications like these, and I know you help them out, but when the national ones start coming out and Iowa State starts to get more attention, I mean, uh, it's kind of a running gag right now for me on Twitter, but it's the top 10 Iowa State football program. And they're going to be six, seven, eighth in all these publications. And when people start looking at the depth chart and going, oh my gosh, they have literally everybody back, including a potential NFL quarterback and running back and tight end. And all the linemen back, like yeah, I would. There's, it's just they'll, they'll start to get this attention now. They'll never be on the tier of Alabama or Oklahoma or uh, or Clemson, but they're in that next tier. Let me ask and you this one: it, It's crazy. So I was putting together my two deep for the offensive line, and the only way I could do it was Derek Schweiger being a backup. He's going to start. Okay, so who's out? That, is Simmons, good. Is Simmons good. out? Oh, man. Because you're not you pitching have? Downing. I don't know, man. Yeah, who do you have as the five? Then? So I, I had Foster left tackle. Okay, but yeah. I think Triber will push him. Agreed. Um, Triber might, I don't know. Like, I think Sean was good last year. He he took a big step. Triber is probably has a bigger high-end potential. They'll both play. They'll both play, yep. Um, at left guard, I had Downing. Yeah. At center, I had Newell. Okay, he's, he's a lock. At right guard, it was Simmons or Schweiger. Man, yep. Simmons is like, you talk to anybody in that program, and he's their guy. And then at right tackle, I had Rimsburg over Ramos. Oh, wow. That is a really good line. But the Schweiger literally by the end of the year. I know. Playing. That's what I'm saying. Like I didn't know what to do. I was so and it, Campbell loves Schweiger. Like he thinks yeah, the Schweiger. They love, the they love him. Yeah. I, Great I mean, story so, by the way. So Schweiger. maybe is is Simmons the backup? Like I mean, I, regardless, they I would all probably, play a lot. But oh my god, that that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would probably lean Schweiger over Simmons, but. Is Sh- I would so, say tur- turn the season around with Simmons, so it, I don't know. And then Simmons is also your backup at center? Yes. So Simmons is like, if anybody goes down in the interior line, he's your guy. Wow. But you, you, could, you could not start Simmons, who was unbelievably good last year. Yeah. 
You see where my yeah. predicament is? Maybe here? Downing. Downing. I mean, but Downing is still so talented. No, Downing's starting, or is he still day to day? Yeah, I. I'm maybe you just wait. <laughs> maybe you just wait. I, it's crazy. Though. I can't wait. It's due on Monday. We we go to press in like a month. Man, you're, that's why you make the big bucks. You're making that call. You're going to anger somebody. Some some of the line yeah. up there is going to be mad at Athlon and Chris Williams. <laughs> well, it's a tough to. I, I don't know. I'm. Te- I, I sent text, out a few texts to try and get a little bit. Yeah, because I don't text. Know. Text Matt and say, hey, man, who do you want to piss off up there to motivate? <laughs> That'd be the most Campbell thing ever, too. Be like, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, give me, can you put Brees second string? <laughs> need a light of fire under him. Nobody believes in him. Well, same with wide receiver, though. Like, I am I'm, I'm so fired up about the future of the, about these wide receivers, though, because they, they're going to have the two tight ends. Like, who's – and then you got Brees – like Tariq Milton's going to be so open. Like he's really good. So People open. just forget yeah. about how good he is. Cause he was hurt. And then you have Hutchison on the other side with Shaw. Who's like eight foot tall. <laughs> and then skates is like, again, like I would venture to guess if you had any of those, if you had like Shieldhouse off the record and said, Hey, who do you think is the most talented of your wide receivers? They'd probably say skates still. And didn't you have you had a little insight as to who's been performing well in spring? And it was another wide receiver we haven't even talked about yet. The little guy, yes, uh, Jalen, yeah, Noel, uh, yeah. Noel, yeah, exactly. So there's another one. Yep, that it's good. Good problems. Really, really fun. And then they also gave me. Uh, I was told that Tyler Miller, the offensive lineman, has just been killing people. And he's like literally seven foot tall. And I, another one too. This Deshaun Davis played some last year. Yeah, he's the next great Iowa State linebacker. Yep. Well, you you had a great conversation with Haycock, and he got singled out four times. I counted. Davis did. Yeah. That, so he's 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 your heir apparent of great Iowa State backer. And it, it's funny too. The, another recollection I had when I was doing this is that Will McDonald is pound for pound one of the most talented guys I've ever covered at Iowa State in 17 years. This will be his first like true year as like a full-time starter. Wow. How many sacks did he end up with? Do you get to nine or ten? Anyway, he set the record. Yeah. It's in, it's just the, the depth in the program now. At, at the end of the day, though, Iowa State still won some close games last year. And so, you know, I think when we start talking about football, is you're going to be in, we went through the schedule when it came out a couple months ago. I mean, there, there's still four or five games. It's a toss up. And if you want that elite special, special season, you got to win them all. And so I think it all starts um, really that game with Iowa. I just keep coming back to it. It is, it is literally 22 weeks away. The game against Iowa. And, um, circle that one because you beat those guys and it is, it is on. I mean, it's, you're, you're talking about a top 10 Iowa state team against a top 15 Iowa program. And obviously that's the one thing Campbell still hasn't done. So win that one and the floodgates open. Bloom. Uh, I'm glad you, glad y'all are feeling better. Thank you, my friend. Um, 
speaking of football, we have a few spots left on our Vegas trip that we're doing with Cyclone Liquors, the charter. I It'll be sold out by the end of the week. So if you're interested in this, um, I saw the prices from the other ones, and they're not even close to what we're offering. Um, so check it out. Three nights, Mandalay Bay, direct charter flight, um, all that good stuff. We're going to do some sort of Cyclone Fanatic event down there. I don't, I don't yeah. know what yet. I say, I, not that it'll motivate anybody, but I'll be there. Oh, I mean, come on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's worth the price <laughs> well, of admission. Bloom's going to be hanging around. <laughs> come on. I actually uh, think a couple of legends are going to be on our flight, too. Um, i gotta got to finalize that. Before, I don't want to say their names before. This is like uh, one of those done. celebrity cruises. Well, and then um, uh, Ryan from Mississippi River Distilling. We're going to have some Cody Road. People are going to get Cody Road who go on our flight. Why, honestly, why would you go on any of the other ones? <laughs> well, ours is going to be the most fun. Correct. I can promise you, you that. Can you we're, don't go to Vegas to go to a retirement. We're, we're partnering like, with we Cyclone Liquors, for God's sake. Have you ever people, been in this Cyclone is not Liquors? Hard. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. They, they Great people. Uh, their, their whiskey selection is out of control. So that that's 23 weeks away for those counting. 23 weeks away to um, Vegas. Clones in Vegas. I can't wait. That's right. All right, guys. Um, he's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. I have a feeling we're going to have another very positive podcast in the next week. That's all I'm going to say. So I want you to stay tuned for that. And as we close, I want to listen to my good friend, Chris English and the band English. We'll be back next week. Um, check out the front page of CycloneFanatic.com all week long for breaking news, for spring football coverage, all that good stuff. And of course, stay tuned to the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.